Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 292. I'm Midget Binyoder, here today to talk to you about a, a video game, a singular video game. Uh, there is not really any news this week, unfortunately, so the reality is is that uh, the, we're going to completely cut the news section. Um, so we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, actually, is that can, actually going to be the um, a Sanrio Game Boy Advance game I played, the first video game I played this year and beat this year, or not played this year, but be, beat this year, definitely. Um, and it turned out to be really cool in ways I wasn't really expecting it to. So I'm really excited to talk about that in the second half of the show. But for the first half of the show, what we're going to do is talk about the 2023 plans. Uh, you know, I typically do this most years. Last year was kind of an exception because I, I, I restricted it to the Patreon channel. So I think only if you were in the Patreon, you got to get the 2022, like what their plans are thing for, for that year. Um, and I actually recorded that for 2023 this year as well and, and like was going to publish it, but ended up not doing it. Um, and, and a big reason of why and it's going to kind of wrap into, um, some stuff that I've been thinking about recently is, uh, I, I think for 2023, I really need to kind of refocus a lot of things with the channel. And, and what I mean by that is there are a lot of things that go on this channel that I don't necessarily think is super important to, um, to what I want to do per se. Like I enjoy doing it. Like I enjoy the weekly grind content I do and things like that. And we've definitely been cutting some of that because already, you know, with the, uh, the community or casual reviews not going, going on anymore. And those just becoming podcast highlights now. And the, uh, kind of in between commentary content being cut in favor of like reorienting that stuff to streams. Probably maybe that might even change going in the future, honestly, where I might, I might just stop doing that kind of content just because it's not that important or at least not regularly doing it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I really need to kind of focus down and really focus on the things that, um, I feel like I'm a good at first and foremost and B I've, I've seen some level of success with. Um, so, you know, the actual scripted videos and things like that. Um, now this doesn't mean like, I don't want to do the things or that like, I'm going to like go ahead and just like stop everything at this point kind of thing and just focus on that. Um, I still want to do the weekly podcast and at this point I think I will continue to stream at the moment, but I'm going to start deprioritizing them and, you know, start rolling back things that really take up a lot of time. So, um, for example, uh, the Patreon, um, you know, I'm very happy with how the Patreon went last year uh, and everything. And I, I really like the content that I was putting out there and it was very distinct content, that um that I personally was really enjoying and I think at least a couple of people I think in the Patreon were really enjoying I think maybe a couple others were not really consuming that much but but at least I was like really into um but I think the reality was um was I didn't really grow the Patreon last year and the people that I was kind of aiming it to were the people that were part of like the you know the podcast group and the stream group stuff like that and I didn't really get that many people you know involved and I didn't really grow it even within those communities. And then even beyond that, like, I think the reality is like, I do too much already for free that nobody has a real need to subscribe to something like that and get more content from me. So they already are getting way too much from me. Like, I think in my mind, I I, I think I've always kind of had the, the YouTube consistency, put stuff out all the time, grind in my head as like an important part of the YouTube and I think the reality is, and you can look at other channels that, you know, haven't had that same consistency yet still succeed, is that that's not a hard, fast rule of something you need to do. And it's, it's, 
as easy it is to throw something out fairly quickly without editing and things like that, it is still labor intensive of, you know, throwing all that stuff together, throwing up the, the assets to go up with that stuff. And then also, you know, editing the video and re-rendering it out and all that stuff. It's, it's just a lot. Um, so, so for the Patreon itself and things like that, um, I decided to kill that if you didn't already see. So that's no longer a thing you can subscribe to at the moment. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll plan to make all that Patreon content free. Um, so I just have to get it up on the website. I'm not going to list it. It will remain unlisted on the main YouTube channel just because I don't want it to show up in like the subscription feed as like a main content or anything like that. But if you are interested in it, I'll, I'll definitely point people to it. Um, once I get it all uh, set up and, 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 you know, embedded on the main website and things like that, uh, if you want to check that stuff out. Um, I am returning to uh, Kofi, though, coffee, Kofi, however you want to say it. Um, and I'm just going with like an open contribution model there. So if you do want to support me and donate and still, that's, that is an option there. And it, it's open to completely customizable single transactions and also monthly transactions if you want to do it. Um, but at the, the, at the moment, I don't have any plans for it per se. I will be making posts there, but how often, what types of posts and things like that, I don't really know at this point. Um, there are things about the Patreon that I really enjoyed that I like to bring over to the Kofi, but again, I'm trying to reduce workload. So I don't want to just like, you know, suddenly make the Kofi coffee, whatever you want to call it, you know, just as intensive. So, so, uh, that is open now. And again, you can donate any, any amount really. And, and, and you don't have to like subscribe or anything like that. You can just donate once and be good. And you get, I think you get the content for like a month as well. So once I actually start posting stuff, if you want to donate one month and look at the backlog, you can do that. But right now there's not anything on there. So don't donate there expecting to get any content. And I'd say in the, in, in the next few months, there's probably not going to be a lot going on there in general, but that is a way to support me. If you still want to support me or were interested in supporting me, but you didn't care for the Patreon model and things like that in the past. But, uh, but before, uh, before we, uh, uh, say ta-ta to the Patreon, I just want to give a final shout out to the people who made the Patreon, the Patreon. So Paul Daniel, Henry Dagger, Dagger, got, I'll get your name right for the last one, at the very least, um, Jillian and Discreet. Thank you guys again for supporting me throughout 2022. Um, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you're gonna have a little, little parade behind me for each of them. I set this up a long time ago with intentions of having Patreon people parade during certain parts of the podcast that never quite happened. So, um, it's a little broken actually. If I know if you're listening to the audio one, you can't hear it or see it, but, um, um, it's like the name tags don't line up with the characters very well, but there's a reason I gave each of these people their certain icons. Don't worry about it. It's there. Um, so yeah, that is there. And that's part of the reason why I'm actually recording the podcast here from, uh, this other place where I'm back into the void, the green screen void at the moment, rather than the, uh, the, uh, other thing, other place, the other setup I had at the other table. However, there is another reason that I'm over here in the green screen void. And that is, uh, I have decided going forward as well, um, that there will be no more video for this podcast again. That does not mean I won't upload to YouTube. If you're on the One Chill War Plus channel, you will still get the podcast, um, but it's just going to be a static image. And the big reason for this is that despite it, you know, on the, like, I, I think if you're on the listener side, it's like, well, why wouldn't you just keep doing video? It's like, you just turn the camera on and it's there, right? But there is a lot more that goes into editing and uploading um, a video podcast. There's also significantly more storage requirements if you're archiving that stuff. And then in addition, it's also a much longer period to render out video. 
and also uh, upload stuff. So it's actually really time consuming to do video. And I did some tests with the last couple podcasts and it was just significantly faster to just do an image and leave it at that. And, you know, I just don't think there's a lot of value in you seeing my face most of the time, honestly. Like, yes, I think people can connect to a face better, but you know, the, the reality is the majority of people listening to this podcast are on audio platforms. Um, and the, the YouTube is a minority of the audience already. And those podcast platforms do have video options, I will say. Um, but we're kind of in a lull with the uh, podcast at the moment. You know, I've definitely had times where the podcast has gotten up to like, you know, close to 500 views per week kind of thing. But we're kind of back down to like a, a bit under 100 at the moment, at the very least. So um, I think now is a good time to make that transition to while, while we're kind of in this lull where the typical people listening are still here. But not, not you know, having to try to maintain uh, other people at the moment. So um, that's going to be the plan. And hopefully that makes this podcast a bit easier to do. A, a big part of it is that, you know, the podcast is almost like a whole evening thing for me a lot of times. And when I do it like this, hopefully this means I can like knock it out in an hour or two and just kind of leave it at that and not have to worry about you know, this whole, you know, rendering process, uploading process, did something go wrong? Okay, when this is done uploading, I had to come back and then make sure this thing is, you know, set up in the right way. There's just a lot of factors and it just really wasn't ever worth the headache. Honestly, I probably should have killed it a long time ago. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to save me some time, thankfully. Um, so it's going to make it a quicker short, uh, quicker show to record. And then um, lastly, as well, is the stream. I, re I don't remember how much I talked about this on the podcast. I know I've talked about other places about like wanting to kind of revamp the stream. And ultimately, the revamp I had in mind was more elaborate. And, you know, the stream is not that important of a component to the One Control Board channel. I did the streams. The main reason I did the stream was to just, you know, make sure I played video games every week, honestly. And um, I think I mostly want to get back to that, where I just kind of like, I'm here because I need to play this video game at some point, and now's the time, and I'm going to like lock it in for this period of time. Um, we did make some changes to the, the stream to be earlier now, so it's at like 6 p.m. rather than 7 p.m. That it's also going to save me some time as well, because there's like a weird period after like seven, 6 to 7 where I was just kind of waiting you know, after I started working from home, I never really changed my schedule. And so I didn't really need to account for that time that I need to drive home first anymore. So there's a lot of time where I just kind of like, I couldn't really do anything because I was just like laying there waiting for the stream to start kind of thing, right? Or doing something minor, but couldn't like invest in anything. So um, that is all moved up at 6 p.m. now. And that's going to continue to be that way for now. Um, there may be, you know, future cuts to both the streams and the podcast, maybe in frequency that they happen. I don't know yet, but I'm going to start with these at the very least. And, um, and see if that gets me to where I want to be, um, as well. So don't be surprised if you hear me come up later and be like, oh, the stream's only gonna be like once every two weeks, something like that. But that's not the plan at the moment, at the very least. Um, the podcast in particular is something that I actually thought about cutting a few times. Um, but the reality is I keep coming back to the podcast actually has a lot of value for me and just making sure I like stay in tune with video game news that when I'm talking about games that I play, that I have a quick place to go and like give my impressions about it without like, you know, sitting there trying to figure something out and then posting it like way after the fact and like not always being sure if my memory was right on how, how certain things were. The podcast is a way for me to just really get stuff out really quick. So I, I like it being a weekly thing and I like it being around. So I think the podcast will continue to exist 
indefinitely. I think it would be, if I ever were like completely kill the podcast, that would be, I think one of the last things I kill um, in terms of like extra content kind of thing. So anyways, this isn't really like a doom and gloom, like, Hey, Ben's shutting down everything. Hopefully um, it is more of just, um, I have accumulated a lot of craft, I think, and I need to uh, wipe a lot of that away. Um, not only for the YouTube channel, but also my personal life. Um, and there's a lot of changes I've made in my personal life the last six months as well with the frequency that I've been, um, hanging out with certain friends. And then also, um, you know, I've been making changes to like my family time and things like that. And I think generally they've all been very generally healthy changes, but I think it's, I think I've never quite gone far enough. So I think I really need to have kind of these like chunks of time that I kind of take a moment and say, what is working, what is not, and just cut a bunch out all at once. Thankfully with this, at the very least, you're not really losing any content at the moment, other than if you're on the Patreon, which was like a limited number of people anyways. Um, but yeah, if we start making cuts beyond the cuts that I'm doing today, that's going to probably be more of like, hey, we're only going to be streaming once every other week or something. Um, rather than like every week kind of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know where my mind was at um, and, and really focus on that. I don't really want today's conversation to be about, you know, what I'm planning to do for 2023. Obviously, I've been talking about Babylon's Fall all the time. But I think another thing that I've been thinking about in recent months is just I, I think I talk too much when it comes to things I plan to do. And then when I don't do it, it disappoints a lot of people. So I'm trying to maybe shut up a little bit more when it comes to the things I'm working on. Um, obviously, that doesn't mean you're not going to like hear from me about like random bits and pieces of things, but I don't think I'm going to keep you like tuned in to like every step of the way of something I'm producing and like what where the script's at, where's the editing's at, things like that. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I hope I hope that's not too disappointing for anybody, <laughs> but I think it's ultimately going to make it a little easier for me here. And I think that's really the first part of this year I, I really want to focus on getting myself to a sustainable place in terms of just like my workload and things like that. And then making sure I, I am making the time for for friends and family and things like that as well. So so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where things go from there. Um and that's pretty much it for like the first part of the show here. So it's going to be a fairly short episode, I think, overall as we get through this. But um, that also might be kind of an intentional thing going forward is trying to keep this episode's kind of punctual in some way. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be closer to maybe around the 30 minute mark. I think that's my ideal mark anyways. I think I've always preferred it to be 30 minutes in general. Um, but we, we, I mean, this podcast was originally like a 10 minute podcast, so, you know, it's, it's, it's extended quite a bit and come up and down. And I think we need to do a little bit more correction on that. Um, so we don't have a Patreon corner anymore. Uh, however, uh, Jillian, we still got questions from Jillian. Um, and Jillian actually is supporting us on Kofi. So thank you so much, Jillian. Um, however, I'm not advertising Patreon questions as a function of coffee at the moment. So this is not a like coffee corner, coffee corner, whatever you want to call it. This is Jillian's corner for now, at least until, until I decide to do something else or kill the podcast question segment of this podcast. Uh, but to, to uh, answer Jillian's question here that she submitted, uh, she asked, what are your favorite Final Fantasy job classes? Um, and you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. If you guys don't know, I've played through pretty much all of them, exception or all the mainline ones, I should say. Um, but the exceptions being, uh, uh, 
Final Fantasy XIV is just an immense game at the moment. And Final Fantasy XI had the benefit of playing through that game as it was coming out. And then when I came back to revisit it, I kind of had all the pieces together that I needed to complete that game. Or fourteen, I kind of stopped playing around the first revamp of the game. And um, so that game's been going on for like a decade at this point without me, almost. <laughs> so, so going back and trying to beat that is a whole other thing kind of thing. So... Um, so that's maybe the one exception, but I am a big Final Fantasy fan. Um, but I will say a lot of my feelings about Final Fantasy jobs, I think it's informed by Final Fantasy 11 just because of how important that part of my life, um, was for me. Anyways, uh, I got four jobs here that I want to do, or at least two, two, two solid jobs. And then two kind of like jobs I like, but maybe I don't always prefer like the execution that much. First one is Paladin. If you know me personally, you know, this is what I do. I play Paladin in most Final Fantasy games that it's like a you have to play a job class. The reason why is I really like melee support magic classes. So I want to go smack things, and then when I'm hurt and I want to heal myself, and then also I want to buff uh, other people using, like, uh, uh, buffs, you know? Um, and tanking, while not necessarily something I originally wanted out of Paladins and, like, taking damage in, in front of all the party members, it is something that I learned to appreciate over time through Final Fantasy XI, even though that was not my original intention with it. But I like I like Paladin a lot. I think they're a really fun class in a lot of uh, games. Um, and and I like the flexibility that you can kind of get from being very endurance, like very endurance focused, and then also have the ability to kind of self-maintain yourself a little bit. Now, most games, they can't really like, you know, heal themselves for too long, but, you know, they can, they can definitely do a lot to um to try to defend themselves but again a lot of this is i think it's more informed by my feelings on Final fantasy 11 and one of the things i liked about Final fantasy 11 particularly is that paladin had a lot of interesting weapon skills um and not weapon skills sorry that's there's a formal thing called a weapon skill in Final fantasy 11 but like there's these well there's weapon skills which are attacks and there's like your weapon skill level and your weapon skill level is like your level based off your, or I guess maybe just your skill level for a weapon is the better way to put it, where you hit things. But like Paladins had really interesting like skills where they're like, could use a great sword. They could use um, a, a club. They can use a sword. They could use all these different things, a staff. And they had really high proficiency with all of them to this extent that they like actually went out of their way to like limit Paladins ability with clubs. Cause like, Clubs are too broken if Paladin can use them efficiently. So they like really limit the number of clubs you have access to as Paladin. They take the best weapon skill away from you and like, you cannot use this. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh no, that's really sad. Um, so, so it's, it's, it, 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 I really like that part of Paladin following myself. But, but generally I just like healing and support magic in, in addition to melee. And I think a lot of that just comes out of like, um, me liking Fomars and or Fantasy Star Online specifically, and that kind of like melee melee support class that they were. Um, I also really like samurai. I think samurais are really cool because they often have like um, really elaborate like weapon skills. Um, and the games I'm thinking off the top of my head is like Final Fantasy VI with like what's his name Sai Saigon or something like that. The the, the samurai looking dude or whatever. He's got the you know ponytail. Um, he has this like little thing where you like wait for the counter to go up. I like that move a lot. And you have every, depending on how long you wait, it gives you different skills. So the longer you wait, the stronger the skill you get, things like that. I like that. But in Final Fantasy 11, it was all about like skill chaining with yourself. So a lot of it was like, um, you know, using three different weapon skills in a row. And that would cause like these kind of elemental afterbursts to happen. Um, and so they would do extra damage and then other people could like, combine with that so like if you had a magician in the background or black mage in the background 
casting magic they could cast like water if you had if you made like a water effect with your your skill chain combo and so they could do additional damage and stuff like that and i thought that was like a really cool part of their job is that they could kind of self-maintain those chains those chains definitely came like those like samurai is a class that was added later so the ability for them to chain with their self was very much a um kind of a special thing for them but the the kind of like skill chain system with the after effect of of the um, uh, elemental damage and things like that was like a core aspect of the battle system that all damage dealing classes could could be a part of. But they'd have to work together for it. Where like one player would do this thing, one player do the other thing, and those two skills combined would do like an extra burst of damage through that element. And then those other magicians could go and you know do the the the, the magic burst damage is what it was called. Um, but samurais can kind of self-maintain that on their own, which is, I thought was a really fun thing. There are two classes that I theoretically like, but um, don't necessarily give the time of day when I play Final Fantasy games. Thief. I just like the concepts of thieves. I don't know why. I like very fast dagger characters, but their damage is like never good enough for me. In Final Fantasy XI, I did play through Thief, and I did really enjoy playing as a thief in there. Um, but even in other Final Fantasies, I like having a thief in the party. I like their outfits. I like the rogue look to them. I like the steal ability and things like that. I kind of wish they had a little bit more flexibility. I feel like once you get to a certain point of the game, most thieves are kind of like phased out unless you're really like trying to steal certain items from certain enemies. Um, so they, they kind of less useful party members a lot of times. That's why I liked Final Fantasy XI's thief a lot because they had something called sneak attack, trick attack two different skills and the sneak attack would do additional damage when you attacked an enemy from behind and then you had trick attack which would do damage um when you're d behind another player and um that would kind of combo with the skill chain system i was talking about earlier with all that stuff and the higher the damage the final hit of the skill chain was the more um more elemental after damage it would do or whatever but also that would greater affect the burst damage i believe as well um of the players who like comboed onto it so thieves were like kind of known for being that that final hit on a skill chain to do a ton of damage and so they would stack sneak attack and trick attack and um you'd have these really weird party formations where you had like one person on one side of the enemy and the other person on the other side of the enemy because the thieves if they took all the 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 um hate damage or hate like a, a aggro from the monster from doing this skill they would just die um but at the same time that you know being up behind another player they get the bonus to their damage so they'd go and they'd like hide behind another player while another player's hiding behind the monster and they'd stab him from behind with their special skill and stuff i thought it was like a fun way to make these viable damage dealers in a game like that where i feel like in most final fantasies most thieves are not the greatest damage dealers unfortunately um, or at least I don't feel like they have a lot of, a lot of benefits beyond, Hey, you can steal stuff. And the last one is red mages. This kind of just comes out of me liking paladin, but not necessarily wanted to tank. I, I, and also like, just, I like having access to as much magic as possible. So having a diversity of magic is really cool. Um, but I feel like mages typically, um, red mages typically end up focusing more on just like casting rather than like melee attacks and things like that. So I've always kind of found that to be more, more uh, flexible mages, more than like uh, magic, like melee casters or something like that in most games. I have not played the mage in Pompey's 14. Apparently they are a lot more kind of like that melee caster kind of thing. Um, but personally, I don't like Pompey's 14's combat system, really, or at least what I've played of it. Um, so I don't really have a lot of enthusiasm to try to check that out. But theoretically, uh, Red Mages and Final Fantasy fourteen, I, I could be into as well. So if, if I went back and played Final Fantasy fourteen, I think I would play Red Mage kind of, or at least try to play Red Mage as kind of a main class. I, I mainly have been playing Paladin, 
But I don't even like how Paladin plays in Final Fantasy XIV really either. Um, I I preferred how they played in 1.0 um, personally. And, and I think where they went after 1.0, I just kind of lost interest in, in that play style a lot. So I don't really like tanks in Final Fantasy XIV in general. Um, I think, I don't know. I played Dark Knight and I had fun with Dark Knight too. I just have problems with Final Fantasy XIV's combat system. That's the bigger thing. I don't think I have any particular job problems in fourteen. Just, I don't like playing Final Fantasy XIV's combat system at all. <laughs> um, anyways, that's it for that question. Thank you again, Jillian. Uh, we still have, like, I think 10 more questions from you, so we got a ways to go. The, the Patreon lives on. Patreon question lives on through Jillian's corner. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, like, my brain is stuck because, like, my brain is, like, let, let me plug the Patreon again, but I'm like, I, I don't have any Patreon to plug anymore. Donate to me on coffee. It's not related to what's happening, but if you want to, if you want to support me, there you go. <laughs> All right. And for to wrap up today's show, we're going to be talking about that Sanrio game I mentioned earlier. The game is called Cinnamon Roll or Cinnamon Cinnamo Roll. I always get it mixed up. Cinnamo Roll. Cinnamo Roll. Fluffy Big Adventure. There we go. This is like a late 2005 uh, GBA game that was featuring the main, or not the main Sanrio character, the Sanrio character, uh, Cinema Roll. I keep saying Cinema Roll. I need, it's Cinema Roll. <laughs> but uh, it basically is a white dog that um, kind of looks like a bunny to me, but it is a, it is a dog. And, and, and in getting this game for the Game Boy Advance, you know, it is, uh, you know, Hello Kitty in general is like a Sanrio, Sanrio in general as well is like a kid's franchise, right? I know a lot of adults like, you know, appreciate the style and I appreciate the style and all that stuff, but generally it's aimed towards, you know, kids. And so I was kind of expecting this game in particular, especially in 2005, um, to be kind of like a very slow and generic like 2D platformer for the Game Boy Advance. Um, but it's actually not really that. It's just really cool like movement-based game instead um, that, that feels very like speedrun friendly in some r weird ways, which I think is, is fun. But, um, basically like cinema roll, he basically moves around the screen, um, freely. He can fly in all four directions and you just use the D pad to move him around. And the main goal is to basically just fly to the end of the level. So there's like a little pad at the end of the level. There's some like, teleportion stuff in the way that will get in your way. But most of the time it is basically a straight shot to the end of the level. And if you want to just go finish the level, super simple, easy to do. You just fly over there, you do it. The level's done. Um, and, and most of the levels aren't like these big expanses or anything like that. They're, they're horizontal or vertical. So they're pretty much like a, you know, one linear scrolling, uh, adventure thing that you're, you're going on, I guess. Um, but there's kind of two key elements of this game that I think is really cool. And that is the collectible aspect of the game. And also, uh, the movement, uh, cinema roll has like a handful of different ways you can move around the screen beyond just flying. Um, he has like a butt stomp, a tackle, uh, a side roll. I never got really like, like used to the side roll, but he like will drop down to the ground and roll around. And then he also has like this cute little like little helicopter spin that goes uh, upwards. And so when he when he uses those, a it will stun enemies if you run into. So you know if you're if you're like cornered by an enemy, he can help you uh, get out of that corner kind of thing. But more importantly, um, these movements are a little bit more faster than uh, 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 flying, so they can help you get around the level faster. And this is important. Because on top of like, you know, just finishing the level by going to the very end of it, um, there's a score based system and how that, um, score based system works. It seems to be some combination of time. So actually getting to the level at a certain space and then also, um, the food you collect, it, it tracks. And there's about like maybe like 30 pieces of food, um, in, in each stage kind of thing. But, but, but what you have to do is not just go and collect every piece of food. You have to 
combo them together by using a few different things or two different things, really. Um, one is you can combo the food that's actually on the plate. So if you see like two pieces of cheesecake, you can go and eat those two pieces of cheesecake back to back and that will combo the food. And so you get extra points. And the other thing you can do is there are plate colors. So if it has a, you know, a cheesecake with the red plate, but then also on the on the other uh, plate, the other red plate, there's like a uh, chocolate cake or something like that. They will still combo together because the plate color is the same. But the cakes and plates, one of the twos have to match. So one of those twos have to match for you to get the combo. So if you're just going around eating everything, eventually you're going to kill your combo. Now, most of the time being a kid's game, this stuff is lined up in a way that like you're going to get the combo, almost the full combo every time. Um, but it does take uh, some time for you to sit there and, and think about what you're doing. And especially when you get to the later levels, there's some times where you have to go and like, you'll be presented with a bunch of food items in front of you. And you got to kind of figure out what order you're going to eat that food in kind of thing. Um, and then also there's sometimes where you might have to like kind of uh, go back and, and go to a diff different area and go eat food there that you passed by earlier because you could have comboed it. And there's, all, there's also like these kind of like reset foods where like the plates flash colors and when they're, when they're a flashing color plate. Basically, it's like a general like free-for-all of like, this will combo with anything in and out of it. So you can combo into it. You can also combo out of it. Um, so if you do end up in a situation where you collected, you know, some things in the wrong way, um, it will actually uh, give you the opportunity to kind of like save yourself and, and get back to, to comboing uh, the proper order again. Um, so, so why this works really is I think it really asks the player to not only optimize their time and, and movement, but also optimize their route through a level. So it, it can be a really fun experience, like trying to figure out what the best like ways to move around a level is with like the different side dashes and tackles and things like that. And then also like making sure, you know, you get all the right food in the right order. And with the movement itself, particularly like the, the, the dashes and side tackles are, are fairly stiff. So they're not like great for every situation. You're not going to be spamming them all the time. You also are going to need that like precise movement in between as well. So it's like a really nice balance of knowing when to use precise movement, when to use these kind of larger, faster motions that you can't really control as well. And, and things like that. And at the end of the level, when, when you get your score, um, they reward you with a giant pile of pancakes. And if you eat enough pancakes, Cinema Roll does this like little break dance, which is which is super, super cute. I love it. In, in general, the game has like a really super cute presentation. There's cutscenes and stuff. I don't know any like Japanese. And honestly, I don't know enough Japanese to read this. And, and the text moves on its own. So even if I could sit there and try to read it, it would be going way too fast for where my baby level of Japanese is right now. But it does have like these really cute little cutscenes. And you know, I'd expect there's probably not that much going on. It seems like something to do with cinema roll having a dream or something. So I don't expect that the depth is quite there, but you know, I could be wrong about that. I, I don't want to like say that it's, it's just a kid's story just because I haven't like actually consumed the story per se, but there's cute little cutscenes and things like that. Um, but, uh, the bigger problem that you can come up in this game, uh, for not being able to read Japanese is that in halfway through the game, there's like a quiz mini game. And uh, it will ask you questions about, I think it's asking like, who are certain characters or what certain items are? So like, I've, I can t read the word like chocolate. And then so like three food items will appear and then like two of them will be chocolate. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I want to get like the chocolate cake or something like that or the chocolate, whatever, or almond crisp thing or something like that. Um, so you have to like choose between these different items. And like, thankfully, cause I can read a baby amount of Japanese. It kind of guided me th through 
like maybe half the questions, but the other half I could not figure out if it's a guess. But usually there's only like two or three choices. And if you can recognize the characters as well, um, the answers all seem to be locked basically. So if you can basically tell like, oh, this is the question they're asking me, even if you can't read the question, like, I know I got this wrong last time. Let me swap it over kind of thing. Um, there are some other mini games throughout the game as well. There's like these little pinball mini games and things like that and Tetris kind of mini games and like an Arkanoid kind of thing. And they're not particularly good, but they're just kind of like fun little distractions. And I, I kind of consider them that you can go like play them in like a mini game corner, but it's <laughs> like you have to play through like multiple levels of it. And usually they're just like slow, so slow and so, so like uneventful that I think they're just kind of boring. So I just kind of, I, I think they're best played throughout the main game and just like as fun attractions rather than like taking any of them super seriously. In general, I think this game, you know. Other than the fact that, like, I think this game probably would be a decent speedrunning game if you wanted to try to speedrun a short video game, um, because I think you could really optimize the movement in this game in ways that would be really fun in a speedrun. I say not as a speedrunner, but somebody who spent many years watching speedruns. Um, so I don't want to say for certain on that. Um, I think it's like a really cool game in that regard. Um, but you know, the cute presentation, I think kind of, kind of wraps everything up really nicely. And the game's pretty short too. I think I beat it in like 40 minutes and got, um, the highest score on, uh, on all the, uh, the, the levels. So I got little trophies or, or like, I think they're little crowns that appear on top if you get the high score. So I got crowns on every single level kind of thing. And, um, and there's also like a, uh, bonus level you get at the end. That's a, a, not a hard level per se, but it definitely asks you to utilize the, um, the things you learned up until that point to, to a more significant degree, if you want to actually, um, complete it with a good score kind of thing. So, um, there's another game that it's called, I forget what the name of it is actually. So never mind I won't say that, but the one, again, reminder, the one I played here is like fluffy big adventure or something like that. There's another game that came out that same year that actually apparently is like running on the same engine. And I think the big difference between this game and that game is that the worlds are kind of like set in more realistic worlds. So like in this game, you go to around, around like America, Australia and Japan and things like that. And the areas seem themed, seem themed around that, where the other games seem to be more themed about fantastical areas that weren't really based in reality. I could be wrong. I didn't actually like look deeply into it, but just from what I saw. Also, I think I read that it was like vertical stages only in that version of the game or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I like Big Fluffy Adventure. And like, I think if you are like just sitting there looking at some cheap GBA games or like importing, you know, games and just need to throw some things into the box to make it like more worthwhile. Um, I really can't recommend it enough. I think it's a great game. Uh, or if you just want to load it up on an emulator or something like that too. It's like a fun 40 minute adventure to go through. And I, and I think it was like a great start to my year this year. So, so I, I appreciated it. So anyways, highly recommended by me. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thanks to you guys. Thank you guys so much again for coming to the show again. Thank you for your understanding on, you know, me needing to do some cutbacks on the channel and further cutbacks probably as well going forward. But um, for now, we'll focus on what we're doing at the moment. So starting next week, there will be no more video for the podcast beyond just the, the um, static image. Um, the YouTube, uh, the, the, the thumbnail will be up there on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to actually listen to it on YouTube and everything. But it just won't be the, um, the like a video version of the podcast or anything like that. So... Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there and just keep it a simple, thank you so much for supporting me throughout, you know, 2022 and everything with that. And, um, I hope you guys enjoy what I end up doing this year. And, um, yeah, oh, again, reminder, we're streaming again at 6 PM on, um, 
on Thursdays now. Uh, we're playing Final Fantasy Ta Fables Chocobo Tales. Um, and I'm trying to like, instead of like doing a, a big elaborate stream or something like that, I'm just kind of mixing in some additional games, I think. I think generally I might try to, you know, have two games on a stream at a time, but we're gonna still have like a main game, I think, is what's gonna end up happening. So we'll kind of do a little jump in between different video games, but really focus on trying to beat one video game still. So um, hopefully that's gonna be the intention going forward with that, but we shall see. Anyways, hope you guys have a great week. Bye.